Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Hang Time Podcast, another episode. My name is John Schumann from NBA.com. My man, Sekou Smith, still recovering. We will see him, talk to him soon, hopefully. I have my man, Sean Powell, getting ready to uh, travel out to Toronto for the finals, where the Toronto Raptors will be hosting games one and two of the finals, their first trip, uh, obviously, to the championship round franchise history, thanks to... A 4-2 series win against the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals and a crazy, kind of crazy Game 6 victory on Saturday featuring a 26-3 run that turned a 15-point deficit into an 8-point lead, uh, one that they would never give up. That 26-3 run capped off by a majestic left-handed Kawhi Leonard dunk off of a steal and feed from Kyle Lowry. I was in that building on uh, Saturday, and I can say that it was a wild atmosphere with the crowd inside and the crowd outside, probably the biggest Jurassic Park crowd they've ever had. It was <laughs> quite a night in Toronto. It was fun to be there uh, to see that, you know, just to see the just the sheer joy, the volume of the joy um, in that building with the fans and with the team. I mean, the, the, the joy that was coming emanating from Kyle Lowry as, as Leonard was at the free throw line with the, with the Raptors up four, and I think just three or four seconds left was, was pretty cool to watch. Give the Raptors a ton of credit. Their defense in that series was fantastic. The Bucks, Hey, you know, the Bucks after two games look like the best team in basketball. And then all of a sudden, um, they go to Toronto. The series turns in a double overtime victory for the Raptors. They were a possession or two from going down 0-3 uh, in that series, and then they completely turn the series around. Sean, what's your biggest takeaway from from the East Finals? Is it with Toronto? Is it with Milwaukee? Uh, is it some combination of the two? Well, I knew that the, uh, the four teams left standing uh, were, in, in my opinion, fairly even. I didn't have a significant difference between Milwaukee and Philadelphia and Boston and Toronto. And, uh, you know, they all had something on the line. Uh, Boston had uh, Kyrie Irving. Philadelphia made a big midseason trade where they pretty much put up most, if not all, their chips on the table. You know, the Raptors had uh, the, Kawhi, the Kawhi Leonard uh, thing hanging over their heads if they were eliminated early. And of course, the Milwaukee Bucks had the best record in the NBA. Uh, but I'm not surprised by the last team standing. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard has played just a terrific 
uh, postseason so far. Um, he showed us that he's capable of being a volume shooter when I wasn't so sure uh, about that part of his game. Um, I think he drew back on his his uh, power forward experience that he had at San Diego State, and uh, and he you know yanked down rebounds, attacked the, the glass relentlessly. And of course, we saw the defense and, you know, the fact that when you put the ball in his hands, the game's on the line, he can bail your team out. So, you know, that part, uh, I think, stands out the most the way Kawhi Leonard pretty much took this team on his back. And keep in mind, by the way, this is a new team. I think you also saw how the players yielded to him. I mean, here's a guy who just, you know, came in this season, you know, uh, and there was at least one guy in the locker room who wasn't thrilled that he was here. Not not that, you know, Lowry had anything against personally against Kawhi Leonard, but, you know, he liked his buddy DeMar DeRozan. But now that Lowry has, is richer by $500,000, which is the bonus he got for making the NBA Finals, and he has a chance for a ring, I think he's good with it now. So that's my takeaway. Kawhi Leonard carrying a team. And all of a sudden, the Raptors are in the finals for the first time. Yeah, and I, I got to give one more shout out to Fred Van Vliet, who showed us the power of procreation. Um, the guy was six for 42 over a nine game stretch. And then his second child is born, Fred Jr. is born, and he goes 14 for 17 from three point range over the last three games of that series. His output, giving uh, Leonard somebody who can make shots off of off of the attention that Leonard was drawing uh, from the Milwaukee defense, was absolutely huge in that series. Um, Fourteen for seventeen from three point range over a three game stretch is just ridiculous. And he was even in Game Six, he was hitting some sort of step backs and off the dribble. It wasn't just a, a catch and shoot, uh, wide open catch and shoot opportunities. Um, and then give credit to Lowry, too. I thought he was fantastic uh, doing what he does, taking charges. Um, that steal on Middleton that led up to that Leonard dunk was absolutely big. It was absolutely huge. And they just got, you know, Marcus Gasol hit two big threes in that fourth quarter. They were just fantastic. Milwaukee obviously goes into a, a summer with some questions regarding their free agents. Middleton, a free agent. Malcolm Brogdon, a free agent. Brooke Lopez, a free agent. Miritich and George Hill, basically the, the, you know, they have Antetokounmpo for at least two more years, but they also, and they, and they sewed up uh, Eric Bledsoe uh, with a contract extension. And then Eric Bledsoe goes and has, has a pretty terrible conference finals. So they have some questions going forward and we will see if they're able to sort of come back with that same group. Um, obviously they were the best regular season team in the league, uh, the best team through uh, 11 postseason games where they were 10 and one. And then things just sort of fell apart and they have to figure out, you know, a few things. And Giannis Antetokounmpo has got to come back a better player, a better shooter. Um, he's got to have maybe a couple more counter moves when he when he draws uh, the attention of defenses. And we, we'll see going forward. I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens with that team this summer. But we move on to the finals. The Golden State Warriors have been waiting uh, to see who wins that series. They swept the Portland Trailblazers and they... We'll be starting the finals uh, on the road for the first time in this five-year five, uh, stretch. Sean, do you think starting on the road means anything for, for Golden State? No, I don't, actually. This is a team that has shown it can win on the road. Uh, but they, I, I lost track of how many straight series they've won at least uh, one road game, which I believe is an NBA record. It's, it's, uh, it's every and, series in, during this five-year run. We, yeah, okay. Anything yeah, exactly. anything before that really isn't is kind of irrelevant yeah. anyway. But yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Then you saw how they won on an, an important game on the road in Houston to uh, eliminate the Rockets. And of course, they took two in Portland. And what was impressive about those games is that they trailed by 18 points in game three and 17 points in game in game four. And as you know, it's very difficult to close out a team on their own court. Uh, and the Warriors did that not once, but twice. Uh, so, and did it obviously without Kevin Durant and for, for, for whatever it's worth to Marcus Cousins as well. So uh, th- this team is a veteran team, knows how to win. I don't think they're intimidated by any Jurassic Parks. I don't think they're intimidated by Drake. I, you know, I don't think any of that atmosphere is going to rattle them. It's not going to rattle Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Draymond, Draymond Green may thrive in that, actually, that kind of atmosphere. So I don't really think, and, and you know, Shu, when we get to the NBA Finals, I, 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 I don't, I think they're all neutral courts. I don't really think it matters to either team once you get this far in the playoffs where you play the game. So, but yeah, it is something new for the Warriors. I think the the bigger question, obviously, is who's going to be in uniform for is Kevin Durant, uh, unlikely. DeMarcus Cousins, who knows, and whether or not they can continue the stretch drawn, missing those important pieces. Yeah, as far as right now on. We're talking on Monday morning with game one, Thursday night. As far as we know, we know that Kevin Durant is not playing game one, right? Is that like all we know as far as Durant and Cousins and the and their health? That's there, right? Yeah, there hasn't been like an official, official uh, ruling, but it doesn't look like Kevin Durant will play game one. To me, if, if, if I know he's not going to play game one, then I don't think he's going to play game two. What is going to change in 48 hours that, you know, I'm definitely going to put him on the floor. But again, until we hear it from them, until we know for sure, that's just a guess right now. Uh, I would say if he doesn't play either of those first two games, I'm not sure the Warriors win both of them. I think at some point, you know, you keep playing with fire. In this situation, you know, you're going to need someone to come up and bail you out when the ball's not falling for, for Clay. All of a sudden, Steph gets frigid. It's not like we haven't seen that before. And then you need another score on the floor. So maybe this is when it catches up to them. I don't know. But I would be very surprised if they won both games in Toronto and Kevin Durant doesn't play. Yeah, I think the good news for Golden State is that Andre Iguodala seems to be on track for playing in game one after missing game four of the Portland uh, series with another with a calf issue himself. And that's obviously important in regard to the Kawhi Leonard defensive assignment. Like if you didn't have either Iguodala or Durant out there, then things could get sticky, I think defensively especially. Is there any matchup that intrigues you uh, with this series, Sean? Anything, any individual matchup? Obviously, you have a Curry and Lowry, though they might not necessarily be defending each other all the time. At the two, Danny Green, who's been struggling, um, and Clay Thompson. Uh, then I assume with Durant out, you have Iguodala and Leonard. And then you have Pascal Siakam, Draymond Green. And then finally, I guess, uh, do we expect uh, Kevon Looney to start uh, against Marcus Ole? Yeah, although I would put a small guy on Marcus Ole because all he does is stand out by the perimeter. I mean, again, you know, uh, until he sh- shows any kind of inclination to post up or even be aggressive offensively other than beyond the arc, and, and, and only then when he has a wide-open shot. Uh, I don't waste a good defender on him. He's got to earn that respect. And and I don't think at this stage, I I think he feels that it's just not his place to be that type of player as he was in in Memphis. As far as the matchups, I think it all starts in 
it ends with, you know, how you go about guarding Kawhi. Now, the difference is in this series, uh, Kawhi is going to see at least two very good, if not elite defenders. And that's Iguodala, and I can see that I can see them putting Draymond on him as well. I know you got Siakam out there, but he he doesn't he doesn't frighten the Warriors anywhere near that Kawhi Leonard does. Remember, uh, was it just, just two years ago in the playoffs? Kawhi was torching the Warriors, absolutely torching them, and that's when Zaza Pachulia shoved out his foot, and it really was never the same for Kawhi and San Antonio again. So I'm sure the Warriors still have fresh footage of that. And I think they're going to see what else could work in that situation. I think you can see Draymond giving him some looks. I think obviously Iguodala is going to give him some looks. I would not be completely surprised if Clay Thompson swung over and and spent a few minutes on him. So that's really where this series, what this series hinges on. How can they bottle him up, force the ball out of his hands, and let someone like Danny Green try to beat them and giving away Danny Green is, is bricking it. Uh, that's, a, that's a chance the Warriors to take. And by the way, as far as uh, Kyle Lowry and Steph Curry, I think that's a tough, tough task for Kyle Lowry. First of all, Lowry's not known as being a top-notch defender. Uh, Curry is, is on a, an incredible hot streak, the best he's ever looked in the postseason. And not only does Kyle Lowry have to spend some energy on the defensive end, He's got to have enough of it left over to bail out uh, Kawhi Leonard whenever necessary. So, I, and again, yeah, he's not going to be guarding him probably for, you know, a whole game, not for 35 minutes or anything like that. But when he is on him, I think he's really going to have his handful fighting through screens, running around. We'll see how fit he is this time in June. Uh, because Steph Curry is definitely going to give him a run. Yeah, Curry did not play well versus the Raptors um, in the regular season. He did not shoot for well. Whatever, him, yeah, him for and, whatever the regular season. I mean, yeah, it, again. Right. And uh, and the interesting thing is Leonard missed one of the games and Draymond Green missed the other game. So the those two guys didn't match up at all in, in the regular season at all because they just didn't play in uh, in the same game. Van Vliet was actually the primary defender on – Curry in one of those games because Leonard was out and Van Vliet was started in his place. So they started the, the Raptors started small. So there's not much to take out of the regular season meetings between these two teams. Although we can say that the Raptors are the only team that the Warriors have not beat this season. Um, I'm sure that will change in the finals, whether it be uh, one game, two games, three games, or four games, they'll get a win. But that's what we can say going into the finals that the Toronto is the only team that the Warriors have not beat yet this year. And one of those games went to overtime. It was a game that the the Raptors led by a lot, and the Warriors uh, actually led by 10 with just a few minutes left. Durant hit a couple of threes in the final minute of regulation to send it to overtime, and then where the Raptors won, um, the other game was a, a more uh, decisive victory. A couple stats from a couple of things you mentioned. You mentioned Gasol. He has... I'm not sure what the exact percentage of, but like the percentage of his shots that have come in the restricted area, which is right at the basket is like the lowest among everybody that's taken at least 50 shots in this, these post this postseason. So you're right. He's not getting to the basket. We've seen him matched up with Tobias Harris in the conference semifinals. He didn't really look to post up much against him. We saw him, you know, get switched on to smaller guys uh, in the conference finals. He didn't really po you know, look to post up at all. Uh, I think the Bucks put Antetokounmpo on him in the, in game six there. And there was no sort of inclination of getting into the post. Um, 
you're right. He spends a lot of time uh, on the perimeter. In fact, he's also seen like the biggest increase in the percentage of his shots that have come from three point range from the regular season to the playoffs. And speaking of the regular season to the playoffs, Danny Green has seen the biggest drop in effective field goal percentage from the regular season to the playoffs among guys that have taken at least 50 shots in the postseason. So he has been struggling um, for sure. I don't know if it's an injury issue. I've seen him after a game be limping around in the locker room with um, huge ice bags on his left knee. I don't know if that's uh, bothering him. Um, He got in game early in game six, he got like three wide open corner three point attempts and he missed them all. And, you know, they've, he basically was, didn't play at much in the, I don't think he played at all in the last 15 minutes or so of that game six where they, you know, the Raptors went with Van Vliet and Lowry backcourt, uh, Van Vliet and Lowry backcourt. And we could see that against Golden State. You know, I don't think the Raptors are afraid to play two small guards against the Warriors because, I think they can they can feel somewhat comfortable with Lowry guarding Clay Thompson. He guarded Chris Middleton for a lot of the Milwaukee series and and did a decent job. You know, Thompson could post up against him, but I think you'll take that if you're if you're the Toronto defense, you'll you'll take Clay Thompson posting up Kyle Lowry if that's going to sort of be what Golden State wants to go to. Um the Warriors are just a, a very different offensive team than any of the, you know, uh the two that the uh the Raptors have faced in the last two rounds where your primary goal first is to stop Ben Simmons and Giannis Antetokounmpo in transition golden state with their half court offense. And, you know, they don't run a lot of pick and roll. It's, it's post up and split action and off ball screening, a lot of off ball screening. So Toronto's going to have to be really on point with their off ball defense, whether it be switching, whether it be fighting through those screens, you know, I think, against Milwaukee who started with on ball and and collapsing into the paint when the ball got there and then fanning out to the shooters they did a fantastic job of that their rotations were on point for almost the entire series but this is a different element that they're going to have to face offensively I, I think that should be interesting to watch on that end of the floor on the other end of the floor you like you said it starts with Kawhi Leonard and it'll be interesting to see not only who's defending him but just how much uh, help that player gets because Leonard has been fantastic playing one-on-one. Milwaukee obviously showed a lot of help and forced him to kick the ball out. And then the, you know, once the Toronto supporting cast got its mojo back in, in game, game three or four, I guess it was, that's when things really turned for the Raptors. When other guys started hitting shots, whether it be Gasol, Van Vliet, Lowry. So it'll be interesting to see how much help the Warriors give if Leonard plays one-on-one we know they'll switch a lot and and so we could see Toronto sort of targeting Curry and pick and rolls but uh, I'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see we'll know more after game one with this series just how these guys are going to defend each other Sean you're you have our our series preview I believe your prediction was Warriors in five is that is that right Yes, it is. And obviously, it's all fluid here because we don't know how many games Kevin Durant's going to play. If Kevin Durant plays from game one or if the Warriors manage to win a game or two without him and then he comes back, I think this is a sweep. Uh, I mean, I, I just think the Warriors are just in so many different ways superior to the Raptors. Uh, they have more superstars. They may have more options defensively. They have more options offensively. They have more experience. They have more better elite defenders. Uh, they have a coach who's been there before. 
Uh, I just, you know, if Kevin Durant comes back and he doesn't need any kind of transition period to get comfortable, that's a wrap. Uh, hmm. I, I just don't see I don't see how the Raptors even make this suspenseful. I will uh, disagree with you on one point. Well, it's not the exact point you said, but Toronto's been the better defensive team of these two in these playoffs. Um, Golden State has improved defensively as the playoffs have gone on. The Portland series was their best defensive series. If just you just look at the numbers, but the Raptors have been fantastic defensively as a team. Um, obviously, it starts with Leonard and his ability uh, to defend one-on-one, but I think their rotations, their communication, everything has been totally on point. Now the Warriors are obviously the best offensive team they're going to face or they will have faced all season, but I will say that they have been the better defensive team um, through in in the regular season um, when they weren't exactly uh, – turning it up a notch and, and in the playoffs when um, they have needed to be, they have been fantastic defensively. That 26 to three run against Milwaukee started with their defense. Um, Milwaukee is obviously a little bit more vanilla of an offensive team uh, and easier to defend. Uh, same thing going back to Philadelphia. Um, but the Raptors have been fantastic defensively. I think that's that inch, that end of the floor is going to be the more interesting to watch in this series is how, um, Toronto's defense can deal with uh, the shooting threats that the Warriors have, whether they ignore a couple of Warriors on that end of the floor. And if that comes back to bite them, because the Warriors sort of know how to deal with, um, say, Draymond Green being ignored on the perimeter or Kevon Looney being ignored or Andre Iguodala being ignored on the perimeter, they know how to sort of take that um and and use it to their advantage uh obviously with the the sort of off ball movement of curry is 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 just fantastic he's relentless in giving up the ball and then moving without it and finding an open spot um so whoever is guarding him and that's all five guys with toronto you know it's about uh not only the guy guarding him initially but the communication the switch if you switch the, the next guy following him around or the next guy uh, sort of helping the, the Curry defender get through the screen and back out to, to, to him. And I think that, that end of the floor is just going to be fun to watch. Um, I, I sort of agree with your pick of, of Warriors in five, especially if they get one of the first two, then they can come home. That's a, sort of an interesting dynamic where they have three and four at home after getting um, – if they get a, a a win in the first two games and then come home, they can really seize control because a, a three one lead um, is mostly uh, tough to come back with. Obviously, uh, the Warriors have a history of blowing a three one lead, um, but uh, I think the 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 two ga- games three and four at home could be sort of an advantage for them uh, in this particular series. Um, but I will say I will pick. Uh, Warriors in six, um, if only just to mess up us East Coasters and make us go back across the country uh, before we get to go home. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) But game one is Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Uh, Be sure to read Sean's complete series preview uh, at NBA.com slash finals. I have a little section in there about how the Warriors have performed through the first three rounds and how that compares to the first three rounds over the previous uh, four years. Um, And I will have a full uh, 
numbers preview uh, on this series by Tuesday morning, I believe. And we will be back next week uh, with another episode. We will review games one and two of this series. We're going to switch up to once per week for the finals. Um, shout out to my man, Seku Smith. Be sure to subscribe to Hang Time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do not forget to leave a review. We'll talk to you next time.